for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. We start a new series today. Oh, look, some nice pictures behind me. Um, We're going to be looking at the story in the book of Esther. Um, If you've never read it, it's 10 chapters long. It's a bit like a soap opera. Um, It's full of intrigue, mystery, a bit of murder in there, a bit of scheming. Um, But actually, God doesn't really get a mention. But God is right at the centre of it and right at the heart of it. And actually, today, you might not recognize God is in your journey, in your story. You might, not, you might think God's far away, but actually he is right in the middle of it. He is part of everything that we do and who we are. Uh, we're going to look at chapter one. So if you have got your Bibles with you, um, then you can turn to chapter one. And the theme is the king. The character we're going to look at this morning is the king. Uh, and I want to ask you this morning, who is your king? Or I'll put it under the way. I'll put it under the way, okay? What is your focus? What is your focus? What is it that you fix your eyes on? Because all of us have a definite one. You know, I was going to show a video of people watching mobile phones and walking into things. But, I mean, it's Friday night. My friend Paul over here was on his phone and walked into a bench. And, I, you know... <laughs> Have you still got the bruises to prove it? And he didn't just walk slightly into it. He really walked into it. And we did laugh a little bit, but then we felt a bit sorry about it. But, you know, people are so focused in on that little device in their hand or their pocket that they forget everything else that's around them. Their focus is that communication. It might be Facebook. It might be a text message. It might be all these different things. And in themselves, they might be quite good. But if it becomes our king, then we're going to get hurt. If it becomes the thing that is our focus, we're going to get damaged. You know, Paul's leg, he might not be able to run again. Who knows? But uh, you went for one this morning. Okay, that's all right. Praise God, he's healed. Okay. You know, last year, or sorry, not last year, in the last six years, there was something like 259 deaths caused by selfie. 259 people in the last six years have died because they were trying to take the perfect photograph on their mobile phone. That's sad. It's, it's sad because actually it tells you that their focus is presenting this image to people. They want to present this image that everything's okay. But actually the phone in that instance becomes the king. So I want to ask you again, what is your focus this morning? You might say, well, Johnny, I can cope without my phone. Some people, anyone here does not, anyone in here who doesn't have a mobile phone? Look at that, okay, is that because it's broken? <laughs> well done. Do you realize, does, does Eleanor let, not let you have one? Is that what it is? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. Most of us, you know, 20 years ago, I can remember when, when Joel was a baby, we didn't have a phone. We didn't have a mobile phone. You know, it wasn't deemed as important. But now, everybody's glued to them. Everybody's glued to them. That's just one thing that your focus could be on this morning. One thing in your life, your busy, hectic schedule, that you might not be able to put down. Who or what is your king? So we start this series, 10 chapters long. 
Some of you will have read it before. Some of you will know the story. But maybe this morning we'll start to look as we go through Esther a little bit at what it means to us today. You know, it's a long time ago this was written. It's a long time. And you think, well, we're in 2019, Johnny. What on earth has this ancient story got to do with us? Well, it's got a lot. Because the times that Esther lived in weren't that different to the times that we live in. They didn't have mobile phones, but they did have other things. They had other things that were put on the throne instead of God. It's a thriller with twists and turns. You know, and as we start chapter one, you need to know this background. The Israelites were in exile. They weren't where they were meant to be. They had lost their identity. How many of us this morning are struggling with knowing who we actually really are? They'd lost who they were. They had lost that sense of being God's people because they were just surrounded with distraction. They were surrounded with things that took their eyes off God and they were a bit lost in general. They were under the rule of a king called Xerxes and we're going to read from chapter 1 now. So there are some big names and big words in this passage, so I might skip over them because they're not that important. All right? Esther chapter 1, starting at verse 1, says this. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials, the military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were present. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa. Just going to stop there, okay? So King Xerxes. The first point I want to make as we read chapter one about the king and your king is maybe your achievements are your king. Maybe your achievements are your king. You know, I've told you many times I've got a degree in chemistry, you know. That, if that becomes my focus, I'm stuffed because I can't remember any of it. You know, I can remember little bits, that's not true. H2O, that's the chemical formula for water. There we go. But um, maybe your achievements are your king. The things you've actually managed to gain. Uh, In our house, we used to have a seat called the FIFA seat. Okay, the FIFA seat. Now, the FIFA seat was the best place in the lounge to see the whole lounge, to see what was going on. It was the best place in the room to watch the television. It was the best place in the room to see everybody else's things that were happening. And also, you could put your feet up and recline in great comfort. The FIFA seat was the place to be. And the reason it was called the FIFA seat was this, because to gain ownership of this seat, you had to beat the other person at FIFA, the computer game, okay? So it's a little football game with a, with a handhold controller. And for many, many years, Corey battled and battled to become the proud sitter in the FIFA seat. But every time he tried, he failed. Oh. And, um, and for a while, you know, Joel the same. You know, they couldn't get to sit in that seat 
They couldn't earn that achievement of FIFA seat. And so for many, many years, I sat in great comfort in my lounge with my feet up for the best view of the television, the best view of what was going on. Um, now it's just called the seat and it's my seat because he beats me at FIFA every time. <laughs> so I got rid of that idea when they got good. Now it's just Johnny's seat, okay? Although actually, half the time I sit, I sit at the back of the room because I know my place. But, you know, I could have told you that first part of the story this morning and you could have gone, wow, Johnny, that's a real achievement. Most of you are going, what, FIFA, what, what? But actually, that was the achievement, to gain that chair. You had to achieve. You had to beat me at my favorite game. Now I don't have a favorite game because I can't win anymore. So there's just no point in trying. And I can't achieve that because actually they're better than me. So I've changed the rules. So that's the way it works, isn't it? That's the way it should work. It was my seat, and now it is just my seat. And now it's Pixie the dog. Yeah, yeah. Now it belongs to an Alsatian, but hey. Um, and I'm too, scared, I'm too scared to knock the Alsatian off the seat, so that's fine. But that used to be an achievement. You know, there were the odd times where Corey managed to sneak a win. And if he did, boy, you knew it. You knew it. If he won, he, you knew it. If he lost, you knew it because he would slam the doors and storm up to his room. But you knew it because it was an achievement to beat me. Now, <laughs> it's an achievement if I win, okay? But it was an achievement. Maybe your achievements are your focus. As we look at Esther chapter 1, Xerxes ruled over 127 provinces. That's an achievement. In those days where it was, you know, a little bit wild in places, he ruled over 127 provinces. That's an achievement on a human scale. That is an achievement. He had power. He had authority. His kingdom was a mighty kingdom. He had achieved greatness in the eyes of men. You know, so what did he do? He gathered everybody for a party. Who likes a party? Okay, yeah, a few people like a party. This party was 180 days long. You know, I'm struggling by about 10 o'clock on the first day, to be honest with you. Uh, who would want to go, Bobby, other than you? Who would like to go? Who would like to go to a party that was 180, half a year long? Anyone? Well, okay, this side of the room. I bet after a while you'd be getting a little bit cheesed off with singing Agadoo for the 26th time, you know. But actually party that was 180 days long and what was this party for it was to say look at what I've done look at what I've got look at what I've achieved aren't I the big man I am Xerxes come on I am the guy and that was what this party was about but not only did it last for 180 days <laughs> he had another seven days for everybody else. The 180 days were for the important people. Sorry, guys. Um, the 180 days were for the important people. They were for the, 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 the leaders, the political powers. This was political as well as just a popularity contest. This was to show the other nations that they couldn't mess with Xerxes because he was great. So great. He was wonderful. Don't mess with King Xerxes. Don't, don't, you know, you cannot achieve what he's achieved. He's incredible. I'm going to show you by spending six months with you at a banquet. And then seven days for the also runs. He had a party for seven days for everybody else to come and see how great he was. You know, 
I think it's fair to say, I think you might agree with me, that there are Jewish communities in most cities in our world. Yeah? Most major cities. There's no Hittites. Anyone, anyone know any Hittites knocking around? No? Anyone know any Elamites? No? Because apparently Xerxes was an Elamite. Do you know, his Xerxes, King Xerxes' greatness, it's not there now, is it? Because his focus was on the wrong thing. His king, as the king, was not what it should have been. His king was himself. We've sung this morning, like, the king of my heart. Who is that this morning to you? Because it says it should be Jesus. The king of our hearts should be the one who gave it all. The one who achieved it all so we didn't have to. His achievements are greater than ours. He is king. And yet this morning, so often, our focus, our king is something else. It might be a house DIY project. It might be, it might be a game you play. You know, they can take over your life. I had to delete Candy Crush off my phone. It was taking over my life. You know, I'm trying to beat my brother and my sister. I'm very competitive. You'll understand that. Now I'm playing Words with Friends with Hilly. It's terrible. I'm just, I need help. I need help. But I do win at the moment, don't I? I'll say that because I've won once. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the next game. But I'm competitive. And if it's all about my achievements, then, you know, it'll crumble and fall. Xerxes, most of you won't have heard of him before unless you've read Esther. Who's heard of Xerxes before this morning? Those of us who are Christians a long time. But generally speaking, we don't know who he is, do we? Yet we know Jesus. We know Jesus. We've heard of Jesus because he is the king of kings. Who's your king? Is it your achievements? Is it, are you building a kingdom for yourself of, look how great I am, look what I've achieved, look what I've managed to do? Or are we building a kingdom that says, look at what he's done? Look at who he is. He has achieved victory for me. He has achieved peace for me. He has achieved joy for me. Thank you. Not, aren't I the big man? Jesus himself didn't act like that. He was humble. He was compassionate. He was kind. If you're glorifying in the achievements of yourself, then they become your king. You know, I'm grateful to say my chemistry degree is not my king. I will, I will one day stop mentioning it. Probably because I'll forget I have it. But while it's there, it's not my king. One day our achievements may cease to be important. One day our achievements may not even be remembered. But he is eternal. He is the eternal king. His, you know, after the 180 days, they let all these other people in. And where is your identity this morning? Are you in the riffraff thinking, well, I'm not that important. I'd only get the seven days of party. So you're still thinking that's a good, good call, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> I get the seven days of partying. But actually, God says there's a, there's a party in heaven that goes on for eternity. And it's full of joy. There's no tears. There's no sadness. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no death. And yet Xerxes was happy with six months. I'm going for eternity. I'm going for eternity with him. Where's your identity? Because if it's about your achievements, you'll compare yourself to other people. You'll compare yourself. I compare myself on FIFA to Corey now. I'm no good. I'm no good. 
I hope he lets me win one day. But I taught him never to let the other person win. It's weak. But actually, if we compare ourselves and our achievements with everybody else's, do you know what? You're going to end up with a disappointing king. You're going to end up with disappointment, letdown, frustration, sadness. Let's carry on in Esther chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 tells us about the palace and the garden. This is just the garden, okay? Russell, this is your next project, okay? The garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. The purple material, purple was expensive and he's using this purple. It was a robe for a king, the purple material. Xerxes is using it for his curtains. That's how rich he is, purple curtains. It's a struggle to get it. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of marble, <laughs> porphyry, I think it is, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. So your king might be what you've achieved, but your king might be the stuff you've acquired. It might be the stuff you've got. Xerxes was saying, look at me, look at me. Then he was saying, look at my stuff. Look at my garden. Look at what I've got. Purple curtains. I've got, um, I'm not sure how comfortable couches of gold would be. You know, it sounds like my leather settee is much nicer, but uh, couches of gold and silver. Wow. That's extravagant, isn't it? Look at my stuff. (coughs) Look at how much I've got. Look at how well I'm doing. All of this on a pavement of precious stones. You know, no tripping over little paving stones that the council have misplaced or not misplaced, mislaid or they've popped up and you're tripping up. You know, this pavement was shiny. Not sure whether they need those yellow signs everywhere to say caution, slippery when wet or whatever because it would be very slippery. Marble pavements with precious stones. I think you definitely need to wipe your feet on the way in, but anyway. And even the drinks were served in unique goblets of gold. Everyone was different. Not only did he have goblets of gold, he's saying, hey, these are all exclusive. Designer. One-offs. Not just a set I've bought from Ikea. No gold, gold, no gold goblets from Ikea down in Susa. Everyone individual. You know, what stuff is sitting on the throne in your heart? What stuff are you making your king? We said phones. It could be a substance. It could be money. It could be you thinking, if only I get that money, I'll be happy. If only I have that thing, I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied. If only I can, if only I can have my house sorted out and, and everything in shipshape fashion, I'll be okay. That's starting to distract you from the real king. I know it's great to have our houses sorted. It's great to have that. I'm not a criticism at all. But if that becomes everything, then you'll stop seeing the real king. You'll stop seeing Jesus. If that becomes what it's all about, then you're heading down a dangerous path. You know, there's a phrase I read. It's what you revere, you resemble. You know? What you adore, you are like. What you worship is ultimately who or what you become. Xerxes had stuff coming out of his ears. 
You know, he had so much money to spend, he, he had to waste it on pavements of precious stones. He had so much stuff, you know. Children often do that, don't we? Look at me, look at what I've got. You've seen those videos at Christmas, there's a video of that girl in the school choir, and there's one girl just going absolutely crazy. It's almost like, look at me, you know. I can remember the kids in plays at school, when they walk on the stage, you say to them as a teacher, ignore the parents, just come on, you'll see them afterwards. But how many children walk on the stage and go, <laughs> like that? And it's like, look, I'm here, I can see you, look at me, look at me. Xerxes was being a little, yeah, you did that when you were GCSE, but that's the problem. <laughs> look at me, look at me. Xerxes is saying, look at me, look at what I've got, yeah, look at my stuff. When actually, our job is to say, look at him. Look at the king. Look at the king of kings. The stuff isn't that important. You know, we've read over the last few weeks, I think we've, I've mentioned it a few times, is that verse that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, and there's a promise with that verse. It's saying, Look at God first. What's the promise? What's the promise? And everything will be added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. What you need. Not always what you want, because we'll see in a minute that what we want isn't always what's best for us, but what we need. You know, in verse 8, I believe we see Xerxes' way of ruling. And I think this echoes with our society today. It says, give them a drink, and let every single person just have what they want. Let them all have what they want. Let them do what they want. It's fine. I want to show them a good time. I want to show them what life's like in my kingdom. Do what you like. Is that what the society today would say? Pretty much. Pretty much. Have things changed in a couple of thousand years? No, not really. Do what you like. That was Xerxes' kingdom. Do what you want. Do what makes you feel good. It'll make you happy. No, it won't. It won't. Can you imagine 180 days of party with these guys having whatever they wanted? That's going to be a mess. A mess in their own life. Depending on who is king, what we want is very different. Jesus said, our prayer should be, your will be done. Not my will be done. Your will be done. That is our prayer when Jesus is our king. Not do what you want. If you think the Bible's irrelevant today, we live in very similar times. People out there will say, do what makes you feel happy. Do what makes you feel good. And you might say to me this morning, Johnny, I don't want you to interfere with my private life. I don't want God breaking in there. I don't want God to come and interfere with what I've got going on at home. Thank you very much. I'll do what I like there. I'll come to church. You know, some of us have made that commitment to come to church and we've recognized that God is the answer. We've recognized that Jesus is the king. And yet we're still putting stuff on his throne so he can't sit there. And we're still saying, I still want to do it my way. I've got, Johnny, I've got rid of this. I've got rid of this habit. I've got rid of this thing. I've got rid of that idea. I've got rid of that. All that I've, I've dealt with. But let me hold on to this. Let me still do this. Let me still ha- keep that bit. You know, Jesus says, give it to me. I'm your king. I've got a better way. 
and all these things will be added to you. When stuff is king, then we live for the moment, the thrill, and the buzz. When stuff is king, you live for now. When Jesus is king, you live for eternity. You live for everything else. Everything else. Let's carry on. Verses 9 to 12 say this. Queen Vashti, this is Xerxes' wife, also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, not surprisingly, he's had what he wants, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, all those names, to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. <coughs> then the king became furious and burned with anger. If your king is achievement, it's the wrong king. If your, if your king is what you've acquired, it's the wrong king. If your king is your appearance, it's the wrong king. Too many of us are bothered about our appearance, what we look like to other people. And we put that on our throne and Jesus says, it doesn't matter what they think of you, I love you. It doesn't matter what their opinion is, I love you. Xerxes goes overkill. He sends seven people to get his wife. Seven people. Why does he do that? Because he wants to say, look at this, I've got the power to send seven men to go and get my wife. You know, that's what he says. I've got the power, look at me. And what happens when, we go, when it goes how we don't want it to? What happens when things don't go the way we want it to? I'll put that in the right English. When people say no to our achievements, to our acquisitions, or to our appearance, we tend to get angry or upset. Do you know, God's not bothered about your achievements because Jesus has achieved it. God's not bothered about your acquisitions because you are his acquisition. And God isn't bothered about your appearance to other people because actually he loves you no matter what. He loves you no matter what. Loves you no matter what. The king is disrespected. Um, <laughs> when I thought, I, I love the scene in the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where Tim Brooke Taylor, who was in The Goodies, sorry for those who are a bit young or don't know who Tim Brooke Taylor and The Goodies are, but he builds a computer. He says, I've built a supercomputer to predict where the golden ticket is. And he says, I'm now programming the computer to, uh, to tell me where the gold ticket is, where the chocolate is. And the computer just says, I'm not telling you. And then he goes, I'm now telling the computer that if it tells me where the final golden ticket is, I'll give it a lifetime supply of chocolate. And then he says, what's a lifetime supply of chocolate? Any good for a computer? Or what will I do with a lifetime supply of chocolate? And then he finally types and he says, I'm now telling the computer exactly what it's going to do with a lifetime. And he gets angrier because this thing that he's programmed to do things his way doesn't do it. You know, God loves you. And he says, do it, do it my way and life will work out for the best. Life will be better. Things will happen. And he gets angry because he doesn't get his own way. How are our egos today? How's your ego? When someone says no, how do you react? This king reacted with anger. You know, we see people in power today using playground name-calling tactics when they don't get their own way. We see it in politics, in England, in America, in all those places. People who respond badly when they're told no. Who stamp their feet and resort to other tactics. Well, if that's the case, if we're responding like that, do you know the wrong person's on the throne? 
Because Jesus promises us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when all those other things aren't on the throne, when those things are getting in the way, we're not going to see that fruit. When Jesus is on the throne, we'll grow. Or maybe this morning you get overly worried about people's opinion of you. What you look like, what you dress like. That you haven't achieved what you think you should have achieved. That you haven't got stuff. Do you know? The wrong thing's on the throne. It doesn't matter. The wrong thing is king. Xerxes, in the rest of the chapter, consults these wise men. You know, this king doesn't do anything without going seeking the opinions of others. He's blown from one thing to another because he just goes to the other people and says, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Do you know, God has said it's already done. All I need to do is trust. All I need to do is step. He never asks the question, what would God say? How often do we seek out the advice of other people and yet not bring it before God? How often do we not bring it before God and say, God, what's your will? Your will be done. And as a result of saying no, Vashti is banished, which sets the scene for the entrance next week of Queen Esther, eventually. Because Esther is God's woman at that time. You know, the king has it all. He has power, he has stuff, he has beauty. But he doesn't have peace and joy and love. Susa is a ruined place today. It's been excavated, which means it's been buried What was once a powerful, amazing, impressive place is now in ruins. Is that what we want our lives to become? Keep the wrong thing on the throne. But when we put Jesus on the throne, we're promised a city that is greater than Susa. When we put Jesus on the throne, we're promised a life that's greater than Xerxes. His kingdom didn't last for long, and eventually that king died. My king died, but he rose again. My king died and he rose again, defeating death and said, I love you. I've paid the price for you. That's my king. Is he yours? Maybe he is ours, but we've replaced him with a few other things. Maybe we push him to one side. Maybe we've created a smaller throne for him. When actually he needs to be on the throne of our life. You know, what you worship, you become. What you revere, you resemble. If you want to become more like Jesus, worship him. If you want to become more like Jesus, revere him. Recognize how important he is. He was compassionate, kind, loving, gracious, merciful. So I need to make him my king. The stuff we acquire, the appearance we try to keep up, the acquisitions that we make and the achievements that we want to tell everybody about are nothing for a king that has done it all. And that king is Jesus. And he says, come.